Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. <laughs> Reproducer. Hello, I'm Mark Jeeves. And I'm Jenny Nelson, here with another episode of Reproducer, the podcast that speaks to radio producers about radio production and what that really entails. In this episode, our guest is someone who started as a presenter before becoming a producer, which gives us a nice different spin on things. We're really pleased to welcome the senior executive producer for Bauer Radio in Yorkshire and Lincolnshire, Jackie Blay. There's times when you're, as a producer, you are instructing, but there's also finding that moment of when to coach to help them find that moment so they find the joy in 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 creating that moment too. Ultimately, as a as a producer or a presenter, if you're not really truly believing it, you know that connection, you know, is is not really there. So I would always urge people to to go for that authentic find the authentic part of what it is you're trying to deliver so as jenny mentioned jackie started out as a presenter before moving into production and in our conversation we'll talk about how this experience influences her as a producer when dealing with presenters as she does now and as well as that we also talk about the opportunities and challenges that you have to consider when you're working for regional audiences compared with national Uh, We'll get Jackie's thoughts on what makes great content and the importance of helping presenters at her radio stations like Hallam, Pulse One and Viking, all heritage stations now under Bauer Radio, to sound authentic on the air. And she'll talk about the nightmare we've all had, the wrong piece of audio going to air. But that comes a bit later. We started by asking Jackie what drew her to radio in the first place. Reproducer. Reproducer. Well, I guess it's the the connection. Radio is really quite a connective medium, isn't it? And uh, even as a little child, I was connected to that through my mum. She would always listen to gold stations. So that was pretty much my upbringing. Um, And uh, we did quite a bit of travelling as we moved from Yorkshire down, down to Wellingborough. So we would hop through the radio stations as we came back up listening to each gold station along the way but it was it was always the connection that the presenter has with with the audience um I guess my first foray into radio was 
as um, a junior school student, one of my teachers who actually became a radio presenter himself, one of his tasks was to um, to get us to write a radio advert. My teacher is actually a guy called Richard Meekings. Um, so I wrote it and performed because that's the kind of person that, that I was. Um, and then I was the person that would be pushed in front of the BBC local radio station when we did something for children in need. So, yeah, I suppose that's where, where the book really started as, I guess, a presenter, really. So uh, from there then, how, what was your, what's your career path been? Uh, career has, has mainly been in presenting. It started in, in 2000 and I've been lucky to stay in Yorkshire all of this time really and pretty much under the umbrella of, of, of Pulse One. Uh, my career started there. I was going to university. Uh, I got a place at Salford to do radio and TV because, you know, you, you want to get everything you can to, to do the job you want to do. Um, but then at the same time that I got my results, it was a, a call in from from the programmer at the time that said, do you want to come and have a chat? So, um, yeah, I started with it with a Saturday night show and worked my way through the, the line at Brearley and presented all sorts of shows, pretty much everyone across the station. Um Worked as head of music over the years, breakfast, and then, well, yeah, content controller, as it ended up being. And what was your transition from presentation into production? Um, presentation into production, well, I think you always produce, don't you, right? Um, as, a, as a presenter, you're self-producing all the way through, uh, and you're coming up with ideas for other presenters, and you're chatting, that the production is always a massive part of, of, of what you do. Um, and then as a, you know, a content controller, you are helping the presenters produce great radio and then that natural progression um, when we were acquired by Bauer be- became became my role. So content producer, regional content producer is, is my role and working with the amazing teams that we've got in, in Yorkshire and beyond. So a question we ask all of our guests is whether or not they can define the role of the producer or, or content creator, however you put it. But and The answer is, is always no. You can't, <laughs> it's hard, right? It's, it's hard. It's, we, have, we had a variety of answers, but what, what would yours be? It is very varied. It's I find it's to support the presenter, to give them everything that they need to do the, the job at hand. Now, whether that is a script or whether it is that confidence boost or just that word that they couldn't think of or that example that they just needed to bring something to life. Um, someone to bounce ideas off, uh, someone to help them find opportunities um, for the next content moment, someone to help find a, a solution for them. There's times when you're, as a producer, you are instructing, but there's also finding that moment of when to coach to help them find that moment so they find the joy in creating that moment too. So it's not just a here she is with a bit of paper. It is, you know, I helped create that moment and giving them ownership of it really and giving them the the option and, and, and ability to, to do what they do the best. You mentioned your teacher. Are there any other people who you would cite as like particular influences on you in your career? I think you always take influence from, from everyone, good or bad. <laughs> so uh, you can take nice things and, and, and not so nice things <laughs> away. Um, there's, there's been quite a few, and I think it would all be programmers, really. Um, so there was one programmer who was a little bit madcap and creative and wacky and ex-Atlantic uh, 252, Mark Brow. He was, um, when I was on breakfast, he was the programmer at the time. And he would always sort of champion the, the crazy, the 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 wacky the daft ideas um and i guess the radio at that time was 
yeah, of its time. We did silly things. He once pretended to be David Beckham um, uh, in a skit, um, but he was doing it on the train um, from Menston to the radio station. So he's doing his, um, his, David Beckham was in Spain at the time uh, playing for Real Madrid and um, he was doing this skit and um, you just heard the train announcer halfway through Beckham doing his thing going and we are now arriving in Menston and we absolutely wet ourselves it was just hilarious and that was a moment you're never going to plan for um but um but those those were fun moments and then um you know in terms of inspiration there's there's been a couple more recently so Roger Cutsforth um came um to work for uh, wireless and he's just a great champion of of people he's a great leader and champions talent and he was instrumental I guess in in my official uh, first step into into management and that sort of uh, management production role um so I'm forever grateful to him and um currently um my regional content director Chris Cotton he's got very very creative mind and a, a, a quite a, an analytical producer mind too you know he's he thinks like a producer um he's massively creative and just helps me to to look further for those moments and creative moments and and to bring our ideas to life great thank you and and from them or maybe from someone else like what can you think of a significant lesson that you've learned either how to do something or how not to do something (laughs) that you've taken with you throughout your career so I think authenticity is is massively important I think that if you aren't you the listener can tell and I think there's parts of you that you want to show your your listeners as a presenter and there's parts of you that you don't there's parts that you can dial up to match your audience and there's parts that you can dial down but ultimately as a as a producer or a presenter if you're not really truly believing it you know that connection you know is, is not really there so I would always urge people to to go for that authentic find the authentic part of what it is you're trying to deliver find your truth in in that and and go down that route to deliver that content and that way it's authentic to you and some of the presenters that I work with are just so so great at taking what would be a script you know most people pick up a script they start at the top and finish at the bottom it's those that rip it apart and and put themselves into it that you know that that's a true craft and um making making that content theirs is 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 a great skill yeah and I think I mean do you have any particular advice that you would give for people working in local radio because again you say you've stayed in Yorkshire and I suppose that authenticity is even more key when you're speaking to your direct community and and yeah so from that have you got any lessons like advice that you would give or lessons that you've learned in particular with regards to to the more local radio side of production or presentation yeah I think um it, again it's connection isn't it and being authentic if you're not from the area don't say and pretend that you are because there'll, there'll always be a, a pronunciation you'll get wrong there'll be a slough it or or something or other where the listeners are quite quick and quick on your tail so um if you're not local to that area you don't have to be it just so happens that a lot of the stations that I work with the presenters are local to that patch that's an advantage but I think it's just it's connection and you can connect through the area you don't have to be from it and knowing what the the audience wants, you know, and there's so many ways that you can 
have local radio that that, that isn't just a what's on guide of what, what's happening at the local theatre. You know, it's it's being of that area, mentioning those local places, but in a way that's not shoehorned in and oh, we must do a local link here or we haven't localised that. It, some, you know, it's making that, again, again not authentic and, and coming out naturally, I think, is, is, is a key to, to being local. And I know this is a kind of tricky one, but when you look back on your work as a producer predominantly, is there any particular, like a proudest moment that you can think of of a time where you thought like, that everything that I needed to happen there has all happened in the right order? <laughs> yeah. Kind of thing, or, or, you know, any examples of that? Yeah. So we, as a station, put on the Milo and Rosie Breakfast Show show, which was the live breakfast show in front of a live studio audience. And that was an incredibly proud moment for me because I was sort of over producing it all. And we did it in such a short space of time. Now, these things have been done before, but for a station like ours with not a lot of support, they'd never been even attempted. So to put on a stage show where your presenters, they thrive in front of the stage, uh, in front of people, but they're also great on the radio. But you have to do those two things at the same time. You have to make it visually appealing. You have to make it audibly appealing, entertaining and engaging. And um, we did it in about five or six weeks. And um, we walked away, or I walked away just thinking, wow, I can't believe the stars aligned in in that way. Um, It was a massive collaborative effort. And we'd brought in some extra pairs of hands. So we'd um, got the help of Mark Hitchens, who uh, works at Global. Um, and Jordan Hemingway came along because he's friends with Danny Milo. It was like, we'll come along, everyone join in. And everyone helped to produce their part. And that that individual production part all came together in one massive big show. The biggest moment for that, not only was it just, you know, you got, live adverts performed by the Panto cast. You've got the cast of Mamma Mia doing a song at the end of the show. You've got a live band singing your jingles, which when the band arrive at half five and you try and explain to them to shoehorn in the breakfast presenters into their new record, is that possible? Can you do that in in, in 10 minutes? And uh, you'll be singing out of the break in the next 30 minutes. When it all comes together, you're just like, wow, we did, we did that. But a biggest, proudest moment for me was the fact that the presenters just loved it. And also shone in that moment so for me to help them do what they consider to be one of their biggest radio moments that that's a great achievement for me hey i'm ryan reynolds recently i asked mint mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation they said yes and then when i asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts they said what the f*** are you talking about you insane hollywood ass so to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to start talking to your kids about financial literacy? Meet Greenlight, the debit card and money app that teaches kids and teens how to earn, save, spend wisely, and invest with your guardrails in place. Parents can send instant money transfers, automate allowance, and more. Plus, keep an eye on spending with real-time notifications. Join more than 6 million parents and kids building healthy financial habits together on Greenlight. Get your first month free at greenlight.com slash ACAST. That's greenlight.com slash ACAST. 
Street Producer. So we're recording this uh, podcast with you, Jackie, at the tail end of 2022. Uh, uh, next year, 2023, is going to be a big year for you because you take up a new role of Senior Executive Producer. Yes. So congratulations for that. And you're currently regional content producer for the Bower Stations in Yorkshire and Lincolnshire and East Midlands and the North East, as you said. Now, is there such a thing as a typical day for you as a producer, as a content producer? And if so, what would that look like? Oh, I think every day in radio is different, right? Yeah. Uh, no two days are the same. But my days generally include monitoring, uh, monitoring stations, um, closely listening to the output of the stations that we work with and offering feedback with our presenters, uh, working with the presenters afterwards in the post-show meeting, whether it be an opportunity to look forward, what's happening tomorrow, next week, the week, the week after, maybe looking at things that didn't quite work as we wanted to and ways that could deliver that content better next time if we found ourselves in a similar situation. That's um, the early part of my day. There'll be moments of, of creating that content again for other mediums. So I work on quite a lot of visual content for our brands and our shows, whether that's something that happened in the show that day and making sure that it can live on social and be enjoyed again, or whether it's a piece that we've created, especially for that, a different angle to help promote the guys at breakfast or uh, the afternoon show on Greatest Hits Radio. Um, so th those are some of the things I'll do um, pretty much every day. And then there's um, a lot of project management. We're looking for those moments. We're looking for those content arcs. We're looking for those creative uh, radio moments, the, the bits that connect with the listener. And, and my new role will definitely be working a lot on the, on the project management of bringing those ideas to life. Uh, on all of those brands. Busy day, huh? Yeah. And uh, of all of those bits, what's the bit you enjoy the most? Working with the presenters. I mean, I, I, do, I do love working with people. Um, collaboration is, is a big, big part of, uh, of what I'm about. I think the best ideas don't come when you're sat in front of a piece of paper or a, or a computer and you have to come up with an idea now, whereas they probably will come when you're chatting in the kitchen and you're talking about what happened at the weekend and oh my goodness and then and then there's something the seed is there so working with people and collaboration and I'm really lucky to work with a load of really talented producers as well the breakfast producers across uh, our region uh, and then the other content uh, producers as well and we've all got our strengths there's uh, strengths in in audio production there's strengths in video production so yeah collaboration and and working together to generally come up with with the best content for our brands so that being the case and having all of this talent, both presentation and production talent, what, what are your sort of tips for managing them? Because as we know, talent comes in all shapes and sizes. It does. And I think that is the key, isn't it? No two people are the same generally in life and, and the same with managing those people. Um, you, you can't manage two people the same. Um, so it's listening and adapting and um, being there for them, but also playing to their strengths and, and you know, if they don't see see it your way, how how can you help them in their world see what you're wanting to achieve? Mm. Um, so play to their strengths really, and, and and adapt your style accordingly. I think it doesn't go very well when you when you dictate. Well, this is how it's going to go. Not everyone works the same, you know. Not any one presenter will have the same way to prep their show or the same way to approach a link. So yeah. I would say always, you know, listen, be open and, and adapt your style accordingly. And as well as, uh, as I understand your job, as well as the um, different 
roles you've got looking after presenters and producers you're also looking after different audiences because you have the greatest hits brand you have uh, the hits radio network which are look uh, also um you know looking for the younger end of the market what are the challenges that you you find working with those two groups of audience well ultimately you are you are producing content that connects and sometimes i'll find when i work with hrn in the morning and ghr in the afternoon there can actually be a content piece that runs between the two right. it's very similar but is just adaptable mm. um for those markets so say for example if i was working with pulse one in the morning it's super local to west yorkshire greatest hits radio in yorkshire goes as far as lincolnshire um and hull and the whole of yorkshire south yorkshire um at the Yorkshire coast. So there's things that will work on on one one station and one one locality, but then they're also applicable to others. And like you say, in terms of the audience, it's it's skewing, it's being clever with content. Okay. You can't you don't have to think of 10 different ideas. One idea could be adaptable to a different audience. And it's just having having that moment to think about how. But it is a challenge. One of the reasons that Mark and I are doing this podcast not just to talk about to meet people <laughs> and to talk about radio production like thinking about the next generation of radio producers and so it's it's great to kind of chat to experienced like-minded people about what can we be doing to be helping infuse and train a new generation so it's finding a way to give new aspiring producers the opportunity to to do what we do whilst we can trust what they do before it gets to air. And that's a tough one. So is there a, an opportunity to have a real in-depth sort of training, but give them an opportunity to, to produce something that eventually does make it to the radio? I find sometimes um, for content producers, it's finding those moments. And how do you teach someone to look for that? If you've not being a presenter or you haven't had that experience but if you're looking for content moments maybe we you know get new producers in with those masters at, at finding those it's opening up those avenues and those opportunities and just going back to you what do you like listening to when you're not at work like are there any radio stations or podcasts in particular that are must listens for you it's uh, usually something that's totally different from what I work with. I mean, <laughs> um, just just for variety, really. Although I do monitor a lot of what we do, it's just a habit to to put on the station that you work with, make sure everything's working okay. I do listen to um, Jason Manford, um, the Absolute Stations, the programs that they put out there. I don't have like the the sh the show that I listen to the most. I don't have one in particular. I just dip around and, and sit and see what's out there and see what the mood takes me that's good um, though that's good to be dipping around I find that it's so easy to just get stuck listening to the same old and then you sort of yeah. assume that everyone else listens to exactly that and you know you need to kind of be putting putting it out there and, and seeing what else is going on and then when you look back on your career path if you were able to speak back to your younger self and give some <laughs> advice what what bit of advice would you have given I think it's not to try and do everything um, because I try to do it all. I try to do it all well, but I think there's a lot can be said for spending a little bit longer or um, more time on, on one thing and, and honing that particular craft or indeed an idea. So I have a fear of missing out sometimes. So I'm like, oh, we should be doing this and we should be doing this. And oh, we need to talk about that because that's happening today. And why don't we do this? And you can't do everything, but you can 
do something very well. So I think that would that would be my advice to me that you don't have to try to touch everything and be across everything. If you're across one thing really well, that can be just as effective. Thank you. It's very good advice. Uh, I've also enjoyed a lot. Uh, you, you mentioned it a couple of times, you're monitoring how much you monitor uh, your stations. As well, and that's been a major part of your role. It just reminds me, where I used to work uh, with a guy called Paul Robinson, who was the program director at the Chilton Group. And he, by, by legend, uh, this was a while ago, had a rack of v, uh, VCRs in his garage. And he was recording every radio station in his group all the time. And so that made you not try and mess up any link because you knew at any point you could be listening and you and he would come down on you like a ton of bricks. Now, I know yeah. you wouldn't do that sort of thing. But um, I got to speak to him years later and I asked him and he said, no, it was a lie. He didn't have any VCRs <laughs> in his garage at all. It was just He just set this, this, this image up so they all just behaved ourselves. But <laughs> so it's always say monitoring us, right? It's just an aside. And your presenters sound like a really good group of people to work with. I wonder whether there are any dream presenters, any dream shows that you think, if I could work on this show, it would be amazing. That's a tough one because, like you say, I do work with some, some talented people. And I personally, I just want to do the best I can with who I, whoever I'm lucky enough to work with. Um, so I don't have a dream, a dream list. There are shows that I listen to uh, or I enjoy the personality of, of those presenters. I think those would be really nice uh, to, to work with. You, you, Greg James seems like a really connectable sort of presenter and someone who's got a lot of qualities that I'm used to um, and has, really understands the commercial side of radio. Jason Manford, I mentioned earlier, I think it's interesting that that cross between a comedian to to a presenter he can tell a story uh, those people that can tell stories very well those people that are great at their craft i think i'd love to work with anyone that is is a great communicator because i can learn from from them too uh, and seeing how different presenters work is uh it's really interesting um really interesting so i don't have a wish list as such just to work with talented people and and to continue doing so and do I assume that you're off air completely now, so you are behind the scenes the whole time? Yeah, no, I'm sometimes. No, on, on a on a weekend, you'll find me on Links FM. So, <laughs> um, yeah, so I'll I'll do a, a show there, um, but no, not not very often on the radio. A few voiceovers and things like that, but uh, yeah, I like I like the uh, uh, the guys I work with uh, do that. Well, I was just thinking it's good you have an outlet because uh, I imagine sometimes as a producer, if you're not a presenter, there's a lot of times you just, just do it like this. but And, and so you, it's difficult to communicate that sometimes, isn't it? It, it is. And um, that is a really tough part of being a, a presenter-producer because you know how you would do it. Yeah. And um, you can your best try to describe how you see that um, in your mind. But the best part of a producer is helping the presenter to deliver that content and if that is not in the, your way but it's still in an engaging fun way who's right who's wrong as long as it as long as it's it's great yeah. um if it's not great then of course they should have done it my way but um <laughs> of course it's fascinating to talk to you jackie and thank you so much for uh talking with us and it's something that i think will be inspiration to lots of people because uh not only if you been a great producer but been presenter as well and so that's really great to see how that crossover works we like to finish these podcasts off just by thinking about points in your career which might fit into 
uh, one or two of these um, of these phrases. Uh, an OMG moment, first of all. Have you got any OMG moments in your career? I think I touched on it earlier with the the show show the yeah. the, the live show. That was that was pretty pretty. That sounded impressive. terrifying actually when you described it. I have to say that show. Yeah. <laughs> quite a lot of elements of that, which are like so much, <laughs> so much, and that's why it were that's why I was so pleased with it. Um, yeah, there's that, but then there's you know a couple of moments that. I've been witness to, so not presented myself. Um, one of our presenters was so open and honest with the audience after a bereavement. And for me, that was OMG on two levels. One, in the way that it connected with our audience and, and was delivered in a way that that presenter was happy to, but also that that presenter felt open enough and honest enough with their audience to do that. So it was OMG for that. I would never ask anyone to do that on the radio because it is a very personal thing. Um, but the actual moment itself as well was really, really moving. And the audience connection to that was pretty special and, and moving. But I also think that connection was then helpful to the presenter. Mm. That presenter, it was, it was very tough to do that. But in doing that, it let them be their authentic self thereafter, after such a big life moment. And I think for any presenter to to give so much of themselves and open themselves up so much to the audiences is is pretty impressive. It's very brave. Very, very. I don't know if I could do it. The final one from OMG to FFS. Yeah, uh, feel free to. We've had a whole range of responses to this one. Are there any in a day-to-day -day job or just one particular moment that you're like, oh, why does this always happen? Then yeah, what? Um, <laughs> yeah, um, that is tough because I I think a lot of your uh, guests have said before it's quite often uh, that those three letters are said. Um, the thing with me is that my face says it before I actually say it. Um, which is a little bit off-putting if you're in a live environment um, and producing some live on-the-road shows. Um, yeah, uh, and in those moments, yeah. My, so the, I don't need to say anything sometimes to the presenters because my face already has. Um, <laughs> but um, the actual FFS uh, was in a presenting moment, also producing, I guess, one of my moments I tell it, people when they say oh you know what was your most embarrassing moment or have you ever sworn on the radio and FFS did go out on the radio um, itself and that was a bit of an issue with labeling of audio ah. so it was a, a skit where there was bleeped um, swearing um, but for some reason and don't ask me why oh. we kept the original why would you do that <laughs> Oh. So when loading to the, it wasn't me, honest, you know, when loading to the playout system, the wrong one was loaded and not checked before broadcast. So that's an FFS moment, literally. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Wow. So, oh, I, gosh. I, my, my toes have curled the other way <laughs> yeah. just, while I was listening to you. Yeah. The, the thing that the that um, still amazes me to this day is that um, we apologised to our programmer at the time, as soon as he came in, like, oh, I've got something to tell you. And um, he didn't believe us. And we were really sheepish, and we've got something to tell you, and we've done this. And he's like, you guys are up to something. 
talking rubbish and walked out and just left and never we never had a complaint. We had a call afterwards that said that is the funniest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> uh, and it wasn't necessarily the sweary bit. It was me and my co-presenter on the floor sort of trying to dig ourselves out of a hole mm. um, whilst quickly going to a record and hoping that no one heard it. I thought she was very honest because that is a horrible moment that many of us perhaps have, have experienced the wrong piece of audio going to air. And you do have to, you, you make that judgment. Do I... Do I not say anything and see whether anybody noticed or do I come clean and put my hands up and potentially get into a place that I don't need to be at? It's such a tightrope to be walking, it really is. It is, but there should be a word for that feeling you have as a listener as well when you do hear something outrageous because it is that like you just stop, kind of like almost like stop. Head up, look around. Did, any, yeah. did anyone else hear that? Did anyone sort else? Sort of like, meerkatty sort of thing. Yeah, exactly. I remember exactly where I was when I heard the sax gates. Oh, you wow. You know, that yeah. link. And it was I was listening to the Russell Brand Show podcast. I was on a bus in London on the top deck. No one else was on that deck. And I genuinely looked around kind of gaping in shock. Like, just like, have I, did I just hear that? <laughs> um, really weird feeling. Really weird. Um, but yeah, I mean, luckily it's not one that you get too often. No, no. Um, well, if you enjoyed that, there are many more editions of Reproducer in which we talk to some other great producers from across commercial and BBC Radio. People like Sarah Crawley from Woman's Hour on Radio 4, plus other Radio 4 programmes she's worked on. John McAnally, who produces Bowie at Breakfast on Clyde One. And Adele Cross, the producer of the One Extra Breakfast Show. All fascinating conversations, and you can find them wherever you find your other podcasts. Reproducer. Reproducer. Hello, this is Danny Pellegrino, host of the Everything Iconic podcast, and I'm here to tell you all about Splash Refresher, because hydration is mandatory, but boring is not. Now, I love my water, but if I don't spice it up, I'm not going to finish what I took out of the fridge. That's why I love my Splash Refresher, which is flavorful, delicious, bright, hydrating, and zero calories. The wild berry flavor is my fave. No, wait. Is the pineapple mango flavor my fave? You know what? All five craveable Splash Refresher flavors are my fave because they're so delicious. So get hydrated and enjoy it with Splash Refresher. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.